Hello? Hello? Yeah, you're on. Okay, so basically what I want to cover today in this interview with you, Michael, is your back injury, how it happened, and how well, how your recovery is progressing. And although, you know, I think your circumstances were, were sort of unique, I think, you know, there are a lot of people with back pain out there, and so your experience could be helpful for a lot of people. So, cool. yeah, if you could just start off with sharing a little bit about yourself and, and what, you know, how the, how the back injury originally happened. Um, yeah, just noticed from saying it to ordinary people out there, um, it's always seems to be judged so harsh. I do paragliding for a living. So I say paragliding accident there, oof, but really what happened to me is the same as being hit by a bus. People do get hit by buses and crash cars all the time. And specifically my pelvis injury uh, was really much like a rolled vehicle, I was told. They have a lot of those for cars rolling. Um, I was uh, training to be in the, a Red Bull athlete in South Africa for professional aerobatics paragliding. And um, I was flying in conditions, very strong wind, kind of like big uh, big uh, wave surfing. And, um, and I crashed. So that's and done the uh gps reading is 120 kilometers an hour into the ground and i hit on my side left hand side of my back sort of um just on the left hand corner of my body um and no one knows how i'm alive <laughs> i yeah. can elaborate more but that's that that's how i that's how i got hurt okay so it was because we, yeah, we've spoken about this a few times, but I, I might have introduced it incorrectly. You, so it was more of a pelvis injury rather than the spine? So both? I've broken my spine a few times skiing and paragliding. Um, spines are quite good. Uh, but yeah, this is like... So okay, so the injury is... I could actually read it out on a medical list, but it's basically... Uh, two compressions in the uh, lower lumbar, and then all of the transverse process was so the wing bones on the side of your lumbar, a side of your uh, vertebra, uh, those snapped off. And then going into below that was the sacrum, that big old lump down there. That sacrum was shattered. Like they said, that they actually medically termed this, the terminology was shattered. So that, that, was, that was hard to like deal with in the hospital when you have three surgeons i didn't even have one surgeon i had three standing around me uh shattered is not a good term to hear and there's a lot of nerves that come out of your sacrum they it's a big part of your body and then pelvis was the one that was going to kill me supposed to be in icu that was two fractures clean fractures on the pelvis so one at the top and one at the bottom or inside in my groin and when you fracture your pelvis like that, it's mainly in car crashes because you sat in a car seat and then you roll in the car or side impact happens, another vehicle hits you. That's where you get that pelvis fracture. And uh, what happens is um, it's there's some something inside. I'm not, I don't know the terminology, but something inside your bones basically from your pelvis leaks into your blood and, it's, uh, bas- and it kills you. And that's why they left me... Uh, in ICU overnight thinking I'm going to not make it through the night. I had a collapsed right-hand lung, which was the opposite side to the left-hand side impact. It was completely collapsed. I had a hematoma, which is, you know, internal bleeding um, from the 
left hand thigh uh, all the way up the whole side of my torso and into the left hand arm it was a shocker i have photos it looks scary and uh, i had i had um i had fluid around the heart i had nine millimeter they say about fluid around the heart um the organs had been moved like everything inside my body had just jolted to the side of it I think I'm still a wee bit squonky inside, to be honest. Like the one kidney looks a bit weird and <laughs> to cord to the other one. And uh, and then I had a swollen brain. Um, I wasn't concussed. Uh, luckily, you know, I have very good equipment. Uh, swear by helmets. If you're doing anything, you should always wear a helmet to save my life, really. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. Yeah, that's it doesn't sound nice at all. And so what was the like in terms of recovery what was the first steps and then you know how did you kind of progress to where you're at nowadays well this is where we should like i can be quite directed people about this and what really needs to be happening especially in today's world of medical misinformation we have a western medicine system and it's completely corporate run and it's uh, by the book and people study for multiple years to become specialists and certain areas of it because the human body is complex um however in these treatment i mean accidents there's a protocol they either get the surgery or they don't in my case i didn't because they couldn't cut me open i just would have died right away and but the thing is is they discharge you and then they just give you drugs because obviously i i was i had nerve nerve damage no extreme pain you can only imagine the pain i was in once i was kind of coming to i mean i was on morphine every day just clicking that clicker in and out of being conscious because uh, of the morphine and honestly the morphine just didn't do enough for me i didn't actually have the pain relief it was severe and and then they they exited me out of the um the hospital in a wheelchair because it was long-term recovery then still trying to come right kind of stuff um because these kind of fractures are so severe that you just can't really do anything to someone to fix them. And I got a full dosage of ibuprofen, uh, paracetamol or aspirin. I can't remember, but the two mixed together is apparently powerful. And which they're not. Like, I didn't have that much pain really from them. And then freaking tramadol. Anyone listening to this needs to mark down that word tramadol. That is the evil stuff. You go into court cases, you read about people who've lost their minds on tramadol. I was on tramadol. I nearly lost my mind on tramadol. It, you get these weird dreams. It messes with your brain. Like, I think it does something to your neurons. It's it's not a safe drug. I don't know how it's FDA approved. Uh, anyway, um, I was on that stuff. And then my boss came around and he said he saw my mum and my girlfriend at the time uh, feeding me the drugs on the schedule. And he was like, this is no good. Those are going to destroy your organs. How are you going to get better? You know, he said, look, when I hurt myself, when I broke my leg, I, um, I don't know what your beliefs are, but, uh, I went on, I went on medical grade cannabis and I swear by it. So that's where I went from there. Interesting. Yeah. Personally, I, I don't usually refer to it as like just you know, you're saying Western medicine. I, I prefer to say it's modern medicine or modern Western medicine because 
it hasn't always been this way of looking ah, at the body and parts in isolation. Like yeah. the, I think, you know, in the 1800s or early 1900s, it was a lot different to the way it is now. It's been progressively getting probably worse and worse. But I mean, that's, that's just, that's a minor point. Uh, Look, the, the fact is, is in modern medicine is let's adhere to modern Western medicine is basically the the pharmaceutical corporations own modern Western medicine. And they will always direct anyone studying and anyone path in, in, in treatment towards that. And my recovery is like, you're proving all of that completely wrong. You need to leave that system if you want help. You need to have the full recovery mechanisms. And I feel like hospitals will not give that to you. And you have to reach out to podcasts like this or to people who are labeled under industry, labeled under the alternative medicine, which are not alternative medicines. They're actually medicines as legitimate as pharmaceutical medicines. And they're not alternative in any stretch of the imagination. If anything, they work better. Everything needs to be worked together, not just a one-sided thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I hold a very strong emotional attachment and anger with that because had <laughs> I not found my path, I would not be here today or I would be properly damaged for life. And I don't appreciate that kind of medical help. I don't think it's good enough, not in our day and age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be, it would definitely be unfortunate if you weren't here with your, with your daughter and everything. Mm. Uh Okay, but I do think Western medicine is good for the initial, you know, immediately post-crash to kind of... Oh, don't get me wrong. Revival, hearing this, yeah. yeah if for surgery, rehab. it's incredible. There are multiple incredible surgeries, technology and surgery, fantastic. The way that they can get people right, uh, that is great. Uh, but they're certainly using that as the, like, holy grail. Like, wow, look how amazing medicine is now because we can do this. It's like... Well, man, we can fly jets all around the planet. We could do a lot of cool things. Uh, we should be able to do that. So that's really cool. Uh, so why are we just uh, labeling all the other methods of healing out there as alternative? Why are they not incorporated? If we can, we have such an incredible Western medicine uh, technology and surgery, uh, surely we should marry that with all our other abilities in there. And then we've got the full package and people come right and people are happier. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, what did you start using? Then you you mentioned CBD oil. I think you've mentioned DMSO to me, magnesium. What other yeah. supplements? So for, and fortunately for myself in South Africa at the time, um, the there weren't all these rules like in New Zealand because, quite frankly, the government's just destroying the whole progress really for this part. Uh, here and over there uh, I had access to medical grade cannabis oil and this is not a CBD it's not a THC extract it's full-blown 50% THC it's the kind of stuff you take it's gonna get you high so um, it's got everything in the plant there's no manipulation through any chemical process other than the extraction to have it and it comes in a dark oil and then uh, what he did, he's the third largest grower in South Africa, and he treats people, and he saved people from cancer and multiple, multiple issues like people like me. And what the mixture is, is basically his method, because uh, there are other methods of taking it, is you don't really want to be taking this cannabis oil orally for three months while you're lying in a bed. 
because you're just going to lose your mind. You're going to be stoned every day. It's it's not good for you. I mean, you might get the odd bit of relief taking it and having that mental uh, journey, um, but there's no difference in it from then becoming a stoner, as someone would call, which I find quite amusing because when you're on morphine or trimadol, <laughs> not only does it damage your organs, but it also damages your brain, whereas getting high on cannabis fixes your organs and it does not damage your brain. It actually helps the receptors. It's just not very good cognitively to be like that every day. It's not, not, not a pleasant thing to do. So what, what the protocol was is basically coconut oil and the cannabis oil for the full full blown cannabis oil, none of the CBD or extra this or that, or any alternatives, just the plain extracted oil, which is THC active. And then dimethyl sulfoxide. And dimethyl sulfoxide is the key because dimethyl sulfoxide was already taken out of industry in the late 70s, early 80s by big pharmaceuticals. It's a, uh, it's a pine tree pulp extract. It's from industry where it's actually a cleaning agent. Uh, people would label it as a dangerous acid. But if you pour it on you, it's not going to like melt through your bones and kill you. Uh, but however, what it does is it um, absorbs through cell membranes. And if you have any toxins on your body, uh, then DMSO can bring that into your blood and make you incredibly ill, if not kill you, if you've got something really bad. So you get a medical grade uh, DMSO, and then you can also source the 99.9% pure and bulk DMSO, which is for industry use, uh, but it is illegal to be using it, apparently, I can't find the law extract on it anywhere to say it's illegal, but it's not a listed substance of use, and people can take it topically, uh, or they can ingest it, and uh, it's the it's the strongest anti-inflammatory known to mankind, other than a steroid-based medicine, and the only reason why it's not out there on the market is that it's very cheap, because it's from a pulping extract process, so it's from a natural sort, more night, more more of a natural source than than making it in a laboratory so it's very cheap so it's not profitable right and also it does have that danger element where basically you could get it on your skin and get a toxin absorbed but uh quite frankly i don't see it any more dangerous than the chemicals under the sink in the house i rent right now any kid could get hold of that and it's just as bad so those are approved but this stuff isn't so super ridiculous business and then what you do with this is you have a mixture you need the coconut oil to be um, warm enough to be runny and uh, or he can make the mixture for you but you can make the mixture yourself i forgot what it is it's like uh, 10 percent of the the, the um 10 percent of the cannabis and five or 10 percent of the dmso into the coconut oil mix and um, it ends up like a lime green looking paste it then gets at room temperature or colder nice and hard in a jar uh, and you can rub that on your body uh, and the DMSO will obviously absorb uh, everything on there but what we were doing what I did and what he's done with all of his people is you can even buy little special pellets now but uh, all we did was use an ice tray with the smallest little cubicle cubes and we squirted out with a two millimeter uh, sorry two mils two mils a pop um, with a syringe of this runny oil into these ice trays and made lots and lots and lots of them and kept them in the freezer and then five times a day and 10 mils of of these so two of these tablets 
when I couldn't move properly, my mom put them up my butt as a suppository. And then once I could move my body a little bit more, I was inserting them as a suppository. And uh, obviously in the beginning, it's really unpleasant to put anything up your bum hole. Uh, but it is something that is done when people are very sick. Uh, if you're a parent, you probably will and would or would have already put a suppository in your child. Um, and then you just get used to this idea of putting this ice cold thing up your bum. Um, in, yeah, in my case, I have nerve damage up the left hand side of it. So a bit numb on one side. But to be honest, in the excruciating pain and the extreme pharmaceuticals I was on, shoving an ice cold cube, uh, they're small, two mil is not very big, right? Up my bum uh, was just fine with me. It was a bit awkward having my mom do it at first for the first week when I couldn't move properly. But it was actually more awkward, to be honest, trying to move my legs in the right position because of the pain. Every time I moved, it was like my, my sacrum was shattered. My nerves were freaking out. And um, I mean, with that, to end off on more positive on the exact same note is you're supposed to have it for about a week and then you saturate your eco-cannabinoid system and then you will start feeling pain relief. So you can stay on the med the pharmaceuticals whilst you're doing it until you it comes in. However, yeah. in my case, in my case, that night I started laughing and crying at the same time. So I was in hysterics and my girlfriend at the time thought this guy's gone crazy. Something's wrong with him. This cannabis is really not a good idea. What is wrong with him? And do you know what that hysterical laughter and tears at the same time was? And I profoundly remember this etched in my memory forever. It was Recovery. pain relief. Pain relief. I had instant, I had freaking pain relief that evening. We did the five, we did, we did it five times during the day, putting the stuff in my butt. And that evening <laughs> I had pain relief. It was like an inflammation pain relief. It was like a deep nerve brain pain relief. I can't describe it. But it was the most profound pain relief I've ever had. And a week later, I started walking. And five months later, I was back at my job. And I'm labeled as a medical miracle. That's crazy. Like, two things. I think the first thing is I did not expect you to say that. I um, And the second is I feel like this, this podcast now is doubling as a behind-the-scenes look at what extreme athletes go through <laughs> you know you being a red bull what were you a red bull no i was applying uh, red bull's a bit stupid you have to apply through your national system so in order i was i set up to jump out of helicopters and seven national air shows as per my red bull uh application so i could get funding to go and do competitions with full funding and do, I have, I had a lot of projects in the pipeline about uh, filmography and flying. It involved Island flying and all sorts of cloud flying and stuff, but um, that all, that's all been taken away from me from this. I'm now a father and uh, I still fly, but uh, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not an athlete that pushes myself in that realm. Now I could go back to it. I'm at a health area where I can, but um. It just being a dad now and being trapped in New Zealand, that doesn't make any sense to travel and do that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so it's really just that one thing that that started your your healing process. That combination of the CBD, well, whatever it was, the but yeah, it's medical the MSO grade. So we got to and... say it right. We got to say it's medical grade cannabis oil. 
it's fully so so some places have a register for for what's medical grade and what is not and this was full medical grade so it's like completely organically grown pesticide free uh completely laboratory tested like it's the proper stuff and basically i got a medical sign off from a doctor i still have the paperwork now to be legally on the stuff just like you go to get a prescription from your doctor like i got discharged from the hospital with a prescription and the people looking after me went to the pharmacy and they went to the dispensary and they got the nasty tremadol that was going to kill me or ruin my life and i legally had it so what we did was we got the the doc a doctor like just he was a local doctor um wasn't like some special doctor like in colorado or california where you have to go to to lie to get some cannabis and he looked at my files and he fully agreed and uh, signed me onto it legally and so i got like a wholesale access because i knew the person who was a grower uh, but not only that i could have ended up in that doctor's room and got access through it with the doctor but i was just so happened to be in a position in cape in south africa where i knew a new people i had a network and that's how i got in but in some countries you can literally say yo i do not want your tremadol thank you i want can medical grade cannabis oil and then they can sign you into it interesting mm-hmm. did you did you not use anything else like you know magnesium because the things that the oh, things yeah. that come off my head thinking about your situation the things i would say to someone would be magnesium boron yeah. red light therapy lots of sun so, yeah, lots of, of collagen right. bone okay. broth so etc deeper of course it goes deeper so the 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 gentleman who who grows the stuff he knows a lot about healing uh i went on to a nearly full alkaline diet again uh cuz i've done that before in my past so having alkaline foods um really rich in chlorophyll and um just uh, basically it's veganism gone mad but it's a lot of green food uh and that also helps for bone growth vitamin k and uh so that was full on a lot of green smoothies things like that and just trying to keep the diet clean cuz you know your your liver and your body goes through a lot of work to process a coffee or some bread or any anything that is quite acidic like a dairy or things like that um and when you're in my case you're using when when I was in when you're in that situation you you need your liver and your kidneys at full full tilt function for the repair so that's why you go on to a more alkaline thing and then what what we did was we fed me magnesium um and uh I also had what was very vital was MSM um I don't know how to say the full oh methylstorphanomethane yeah it's basically sulfur it's a type of sulfur msm and it's it's missing in it's missing in ma- see, like big agriculture means that when we mass produce food uh the soil is not rich and we are lacking in sulfur and when we eat our vegetables we think we're getting all our good stuff from our greens but it is supremely lacking in msm it's lacking in many other parts uh, other sulfurs too but that's why msm is quite a popular uh sulfur to obtain and you can buy it here in new zealand bulk from a guy which is pretty cool that you can get a bulk it's disgusting tasting stuff but you can mix it in with a smoothie i do that with my boron now 
and with MSM daily and in, in even in my protein drinks off the gym I just add it in there and uh, you're basically just getting things your body always had until mass agriculture took over in the last 50 years and there so diet also followed through with that and some extra supplements I mean I did take an omega-3 I can't remember the list I have I have a hashtag list for you on my Instagram from back in the day. It's pretty impressive. It explains all the different stuff. I can send it to you. Yeah, your story is sort of further evidence to the fact that the bodies, everyone's bodies are so unique that you can't really prescribe a one-size-fits-all approach because my general position is that veganism is unhealthy it uh is. medium to long term and it's yeah. just really a, a cleanse but you know it, yeah. it clearly maybe maybe it maybe maybe it had nothing to do with your recovery and it was just a coincidence or maybe it was a, a, a you know a really important aspect of of your recovery we don't we can't really know but well uh, i think you can actually uh, i mean i've done i've done the alkaline diet um as per the book ph miracle i did that when i got sick in 2014 I uh, over-exercised, I uh, was flying and and road, road cycle training, and I just loved the bike so much that I rode myself into death mode in a lot of the Tour de France routes uh, where I was living in the Alps, and uh, the, the acid, the lactic acid exploded. My diet was also full of fat and sugar, and um, yeah, I, went, I ended up getting fl- out of hospital very sickly, flew back to my best friend's house in England because I had nowhere to go in that state and his brother's a dietitian and uh, he put me on the alkaline diet um, for four weeks so the first two weeks were pretty much detoxing pretty disgusting seeing what comes out your body um, and then I just followed through with more of an alkaline diet for the next six months and um, and then I just kept it a bit in in my life because it made me a human machine I would wake up at 6 and I had the same energy until 8 p.m. I would literally have the same energy to do the extreme kind of flying and physical exertion I was doing throughout the entire day without any sign of fatigue. The difference in my previous years of flying to the year that I cleaned my diet was absolutely amazing. But living on an alkaline diet for that, it you know, it's definitely short of things like bone broth and a uh, few other few other important things that you get out of eggs and dairy and i mean everything has its place right so yeah i wouldn't promote veganism but i think when you're that injured and you need your organs you might want to look like a car engine cars need oil and petroleum and then they run and the air filter and then you look at your organs and you think well these things need to work full tilt and what what energies am i going to put them through so they don't have to work very hard processing because they have another important job to do which is regrowing nerves uh, running my lymphatic system and uh, rebuilding bone and other tissue basically so you know having that diet on board without a doubt was a part of it but uh, I guess I could have just eaten normal and been on the cannabis oil I mean the cannabis oil DMSO is the big one DMSO cannabis has its place it's it's a drug it has its place you know it's also misused in society and it's full of politics now and big pharma mm. wants to 
buy it anyway and sell it to you. So it's it's a tricky one. And you can grow the plants in your own garden anyway and do something with it. However, DMSO, that's the life changer. That's the one that people need access to because instead of taking ibuprofen, you can have DMSO. And if you have tension in your neck, you don't have to take it. Uh, you don't have to eat the stuff. You can apply it topically with another cream mixture like Arnica. It's uncomfortable mm. to put on your skin, but it absorbs right there and then. And you know what happens? Half an hour later, that muscle is relaxed. You've got rid of the inflammation. You don't have a headache anymore. And you haven't had to put anything ridiculous like ibuprofen down your throat. And people don't know this. And it's a very sad thing. Yeah, yeah, it is um, It is sad. And, and with the MSO, it's important also, maybe you can quickly touch on this, the purity and percentage-wise, because there's, I think when I purchased it here in New Zealand, there was three options, like a 50, 70, and a 99% purity, and I got the 70, and I, I didn't notice that much of a difference, but maybe I hadn't mixed it with anything. Uh, yeah, I don't but, even know how they diluted. I just buy the 100%, 99.9% pure. It's up to me to dilute it or do whatever I want with it. It's distilled water is the remaining ingredient, I think. Yeah, well, I just got the 100% and I've never used anything other than the pure stuff. Um, yeah. And that's the way I would go. I mean, people, people should, there's two DMS, there's two or three DMSO books. One is dmso nature's miracle or something and the other one's like dmso nature's healer uh but i believe it's the one with the little frog on the front of the book and it's everywhere online it's like on a couple of kiwi websites and australian ones and it's on the almighty amazon too anyway and that has the chemical compound structure and uh it has methods on how to take it it's um it tells you everything you've ever needed to know and once you've read that book you have more confidence in it and you can just use it because quite frankly, I hadn't read that book. I've only read some, only had access to some parts of the other book and I've been using it a certain way until I met another user who's an elderly lady and uh, she told me how she uses it topically and only recently I did it the same way as her with a brush and with an aloe vera gel and added it topically to the side of my back where I have massive, massive, extreme tension issues from the nerve damage. And uh, was the first time in four years that I've started sleeping on my bed without a pillow under my knees. Nice. And that's recent. That's recent. That's not even back in history what we were originally talking about. On that note, so I, I was thinking we could move on to like – what sort of rehabilitation work you did in terms of the physical, the physical body rather than food and supplements, like what sort yeah, of body work, massage. Yeah, did you that's try? a good idea because I kind of messed that part up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll just say then um, basically came right, got my legs back. I uh, did um, a lot of barefoot grounding walking because once I got back to my job, um, it's a very physical outdoor job, uh, and it it was also paragliding. I was fly people for a living instead of, I was always did a bit of that, um, but I also wanted to only focus on being a professional athlete. So once the professional athlete solo stuff was out, it was back to flying people for money, and it's all day and quite physical, a really fun job. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I had massive inflammation because my body was only just rebuilding. Of wasn't a shadow of my former self, but I definitely had muscle mass missing. I mean, I went from 75 kilos 
I had muscular atrophy down to about 64 kilograms from lying in bed. I had other issues like a problem with my thumb, a problem with my shoulder. Um, so I went to physio and well, also to go along with this, I got funded a 9,000 US dollars in a online campaign. Uh, and people within the paragliding industry all paid in on that. The, some people paid more than others, um, and some donations were as little as $10. But from my work, from all of my flying and being online and having a reach, uh, an audience, pe people just wanted me to come right. So if anyone hears this, thank you so much, and God bless you. Like, without that money, I wouldn't have been able to spend on my recovery. And what I did was I had nerve damage burning in my feet, and... Uh, it was like through my calves and then I went to reflexology and acupuncture uh, by Dr. Lulu Bayers at the White Lotus in Cape Town. Uh, she's a, an incredible Chinese, um, she's like fully trained up in China and everything. Um, and yeah, in the second session of acupuncture, I mean of reflexology alone, she got rid of the nerve damage in my feet. I was couldn't sleep at night because at some point my feet started burning. The soles of my feet felt like they were on fire and I couldn't sleep. It was awkward. I was even putting ice packs on them, but that wasn't taking the burning pain away. And in the second reflexology session, she took that pain away. She hadn't touched anywhere where the injuries were, nothing on my head, just my feet, where the pain was, and she somehow stopped the nerve damage pain. And for me, that was just like the most incredible thing to experience. Someone has the power to press somewhere on your foot and to take away such agonizing, ridiculous pain that, again, a Western medicine doctor or surgeon would just prescribe you a drug to because, I mean, clearly you've got nerve damage and you just need time for that nerve damage to be fixed. But here's someone who puts their fingers on me and the pain's gone away. The reflexology uh, was good, and then the acupuncture was fundamental for muscular spasms. And then the, my problem where I messed up was, was I left the physiotherapist too early because by then I depleted the 9,000 US dollars to help me come right. Uh, that's how much money I spent on coming right, food and uh, going and getting treatment and the, the cannabis oil I had to pay for. You know, there's, it wasn't just like a, health system over there where someone else pays for your taxpayer money you pay yourself so um yeah tony paladin he was a fantastic um uh a physiotherapist and he got me right because he did um i've forgotten what it's called what is it called when they rake your skin they rake your skin with a metal thing or a comb and you get all this blood bruising on the surface Oh, gua sha. I don't think it's called gua sha. It's called something else. It's to do with the, the sack. There's a sack or a kind of skin that goes around your muscles. Oh, myofascial your... therapy or MFR? He did my... Thank you. Thank you. He did myofascial release. And yeah. he worked on all the areas down the side of my back, on the inside of my left arm, and down my leg where I had impact. And I had the most, and now my hematoma months later had had gone away. 
like it went purple and then it went yellow and then it went blue it went all these funny colors and then it slowly went away the hematoma colors the bru bruising all inside only for me to go and have my fascia release from him to have it all come back and it was like all blotchy red everywhere it was it looked disgusting it looked like someone had like looked like i had scabs down the side of my body and that that just fixed me from that day onward i was fine oh could you the left hand side of my body was better but where i went wrong was I immigrated to New Zealand and I carried on with my life and I rode a bicycle a lot and I did my job and I had no money to go and see specialists here because it's stupidly expensive to live a life down here. And then a few years later, which was last year, I went to go and have an x-ray uh, and at a chiropractor uh, just to have an assessment which should have been done annual, which I had left because I'd immigrated and had a kid and all this stuff. And uh, he looked at the x-ray and he freaked out and he said, mate, I have no idea how you're not in a wheelchair looking at your bones. And the problem was, is from the nerve damage down the left-hand side, the muscles are not firing. The muscles work and I have feeling down the left side, but some places are a bit numb. But basically, I don't use the left-hand side of my body as well as I use the right because the right likes to compensate because that all works normally. So there's nerve damage, but I'm still like a full function, normal person. However, now the whole right hand side has gone all tense and pulled my back skew. And I have now a skew spine. I don't have sclerosis, but I do have a skew spine from not treating the fact that my pelvis is now skew. It's twisted. I've had impacts and my pelvis doesn't sit right in my bone. My muscular, my bones are not straight. So I have that torque or twisting action on my body for the rest of my life and then i also have the nerve damage on the one side so had i not immigrated or had i done could i do it any better i would have become a swimmer right away and i would have carried on with physio exercises to keep the left hand side strong and active and i wouldn't have a skew spine right now but because i ignored the next stages of recovery because i thought oh, i'm a miracle i'm back to normal now it's all good i wasn't I've now damaged my body further for life. So that's an important one in this podcast. Like you might go through something fundamental, but you, you kind of still want to follow through with the specialists after that. Physiotherapists, chiropractors, acupuncturists, uh, and uh, yeah, reflexology is just an incredible thing to experience too. They're all fundamental healthcare professionals, really. I highly recommend them. I mean, it just costs money. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I would um, I would add in that list functional patterns. They're the they're the specialists for rehabbing, especially cases where people haven't been able to heal by the more popular methods. Uh, but they're not always available in every city on the planet, so it's not always an option. But yeah, functional patterns is another good one for people to look up if they're dealing with back pain and they want to I've had recently I've had something called bone code which works very well on animals and it's more What's that called? Bone code and it's there's one in Auckland and a lady who comes down here and that's something everyone should try uh, but it's more like reiki and and I definitely felt the difference from that uh but again my body is quite severe so if you had something minor I don't know how much you would feel but then when I've mentioned things like Reiki to the household I live in, they're very Christian. And I got told that it 
for for them they wouldn't have anything but the holy spirit work through them so they would never do reiki um and i respect all religions that come from a background of living in multiple religions but uh i do feel it's a little small-minded to 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 dismiss someone else's incredible abilities that any one so-called god has given them to help you heal you know because god's not going to flash a lightning bolt out of the sky and heal you he's given yeah. you people who have gifts so i've had i've had an amazing reflexology experience i mean sorry reiki experience before but i've also had a really terrible one too so i wouldn't recommend um reiki uh out there because i think it's still a bit of more of a spiritual aspect and there's nothing definitively proved in it but with bone code um i don't think you can class it as reiki but i don't think it has a class of its own but I definitely have had some relief in bone code. And animals have had profound relief in bone code. You can just type it into Google, you'll get them. So that that's quite a weird one, that one. But that's really going down what the industry would call alternative medicine. I would just like for everything that I've been through to become mainstream medicine. I don't see why it has to be such a ridiculous one-sided scheme you get injured, you get an incredible surgery, and then you get drugs, and then you get mentally ill, and then you get more drugs, and then you die of dementia. That's not yeah. Right. It's it's um like that, it's know? tricky also because it's quite unfair from the perspective of insurance. Like I have health insurance, but if something like that happened to me, uh, I'm sure that there would be huge limitations on what health insurance would cover. They they would probably not cover uh, some of the natural healing well, methods it's, it's but they would cover happened. the mainstream ones only it's already happened i mean they basically last year i know a mother two beautiful little kids she got breast cancer and uh, i told her about cannabis and she tried to get it and um she wasn't allowed it legally in this country whereas i know someone else who has um a nerve damage condition it's very complicated, the name, but it's basically like a lifelong condition, and it is known. Uh, people are born with it. It's quite a disabling thing, and he has access to medical cannabis in New Zealand. He has access to it, and he takes it, and that's what makes him function normally because it's the only medicine that he can take and be normal, whereas this woman who had cancer, breast cancer, she wasn't allowed it by the New Zealand authorities, and she is dead now. Those children don't have a mom. So, big thumbs up up there to Parliament. Well done, guys. And that's what I want to let people know. Right, so what other advice, just before we kind of wrap up, would you have for people with back, or spinal, or pelvis region injuries? You've mentioned the, you know, specific special natural cbd dmso with coconut oil combination and then there was the uh boron msm reflexology certain physio i added functional patterns what else could people do if there's anything else on your list that you can think of right now yeah it's it's really important that um people investigate their options for cannabis and they don't adhere to this industry of CBD. CBD is just one part of the plant and there are multiple CBDs in the plant and THC is the chemical that gets you high in your brain 
and that is actually a CBD. So you really want a cannabis oil. So we would never say CBD oil because that's not what you're getting. You want medical grade cannabis oil. And if you can't get medical grade, then you you sure well want to try and get something that has nothing to do with smoking it and grown with uh, hydroponics or chemicals. It's just grown in a garden and it has yep. a high THC uh, uh, component to it. Um, but also what I have found in the later parts now and what I'm even doing right now is grounding and earthing. Um, I've recently, I've shared this with you. Uh, I've, I am an ES electrosensitivity sufferer with electromagnetic magnetic fields. Uh, just in the case where, you know, constantly my calves do twitch. They're even twitching now. So they never stop twitching. It's just that the nerves have been damaged in my sacrum. So where they go down into my calves, the muscles just kind of fire or the nerves by the muscles or somewhere deep inside the tissue, there's, there's like this t twitching and it never goes away. And this can be quite fatiguing. Uh, and then the more that I have my uh, sort of positive ions um, or uh, positive electrons build up in my body, uh, the more that these things twitch. And um, sometimes it can keep me awake at night. And also I have like an inflammatory reaction in my back because of the skew spine and my back gets really tight. But I have found that along with the DMSO treatment, uh, when I've taken body voltage readings without being earthed by cable onto my physical body, because you can buy an earthing mat and I have the wristband on now into the earth socket, in the wall because uh, I also have another stake out into the garden which also measures the same amount of negative ion transfer. Without that, my body's reading uh, a lot, forgot the measurements, 1.6 volts in my body. And then when, as soon as I earth myself through my copper cable outside my window or into the plug socket through the cable that I bought online, I drop down to 0 0.2 to 0 0.35 volts. So I've basically got rid of that uh, positive charge, positive electron charge in my body uh, by creating a negative ion flow. So I'm discharging my body. And when you discharge your body and you normalize your, 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 your electric flow in terms of voltage, so now I have a more natural sustained voltage in my body. This is the amount of positive and negative electrons in your body. I've now equalized. Um, my brain, I have more cognitive, cognitive function, my calves twitch less, and I don't have uh, an inflammatory response in my spine. Because sometimes I would go to sleep and wake up, and my whole side of my spine was locked up. Because while I'm unconscious, my nerve damage was reacting. And now I've managed to sustain, sustain myself a lot more just by earthing alone. It gives my body a little bit more chance to stay on top of it so I, I think that we're coming into an era now where the more people that try this the more mainstreaming will, will, will become and uh because it's the the science is there the evidence is there there's a big documentary on youtube about it there was a doctor and one of the tour de france cycling teams who treated his cyclists with earthing uh it's it's basic um it's basic science and you can take the voltage reading for yourself if you don't want to believe it, you can actually test yourself and then you'll believe it. So, yeah. yeah I, um, I would say. I like what you said there about the more people who use it, the sooner it will become mainstream. And, and that's certainly why I share 
all the weird and wacky things that I've done to improve my health online so that it it catches on. One thing I would add with, with earthing though, it's probably too much to go over in, in the remaining time on here, but I have read other sources of information which say that in some locations it can be risky because you end up picking up bad stuff from the earth like uh not dirty electricity but but that's sort of an issue so so that's why you have a voltage reader so if you've put a stake into the ground or if you've put a socket into the wall you have to have a testing kit so i bought the testing kit uh the testing socket and you put it into the wall and that's exactly what you've read is uh dirty electricity bad electricians terrible house designs and New Zealand or even rewiring you know someone had to rewire something simple things like that and the earth charge can get a little bit fluctuating so then if you don't test the earth charge and you go and plug yourself into the earth socket of course you're going to get a fluctuation there you're not going to have only a negative ion transfer you're probably going to have some positive ions in there too which is directly correlated to voltage so what you would do is you put the plug into the water test how great your socket is earthed and all of the sockets i've tested in this modern built house are all two two orange lights which if you look on the indicator means 100 percent earthed correctly and then outside my window there is like um, an air conditioning or heat pump unit across the way and i was wondering gee i wonder where that cable goes and i wonder now that i've got a copper cable earthed into the ground outside if that's not picking up some extra voltage from that electromagnetic uh, field or even just in the ground and maybe i'm doing myself some harm in the exact same thing that you've read but actually no in testing my body with um, a multimeter really kind of nice voltage reading multimeter it does show that the um, grounding cable into the earth socket by my bed uh, is about 0 0.250, 0 0.2. And then when I use my cheap copper cable that I bought from um, from Mitre 10 and earthed outside, that's about 0 0.350, sometimes fluctuates up to 0 0.4. So like I'm reading the voltages. And then when I let go of both of them, my body goes straight up to 1.6 volts, boom, because I live in a house that has Wi-Fi on and a neighborhood that has multiple routers on. So obviously I'm going to have voltage in my body. And that's what people need to pay attention to because it's just basic science and it's there and that's how your body works. Unfortunately, until you've got some damage in your body that acts as an aerial or uh, a red light indicator and was what I have, you're not really going to pay attention to that. You're just going to get a tension headache, get headache, think oh i've got a lot going on in my life at work i'm very stressed out and you're going to take your ibuprofen and go to bed but no there are other factors in your environment that are constantly giving you havoc and uh that's a big part of what i've learned uh in my years of progress hey yeah no, i totally agree it's been really been really good to have your sharing your your experience michael and um i'll work with you to include some links in the notes for the podcast with some links to you know information that you've referenced and products that you've referenced so that people know where to go to follow follow through on on some of this information all right but yeah sure. thanks for your time yeah thank you all right man. bye catch you later